Prepare your heart to receive another powerful message by David Harabedian, recorded live. Well, today we're going to talk about a subject that's near and dear to my heart. It's called hearing God 25 different biblical ways. Hearing God 25 different biblical ways. There's a booklet that's been written. Uh, it's online at eagleheartfellowship.org. You can go to the shop link and it may at times be available for free download. You can also get the booklet or you can go on amazon.com on Kindle under David Herobedian Hearing God. 25 different biblical ways. We always want to be in the parameters of the Word of God. God's Word frames the world. And we want to walk within that framework and not get outside of the framework of Scripture. God still controls everything even when we get outside the framework of Scripture. But there's some other things that might influence outside of the framework of Scripture. Very often when healing the sick, we run into situations where we find out that people have gotten themselves outside of the framework of hearing from God the 25 different biblical ways, and they've gotten into trying to hear from God in ways other than what the Bible talks about. And when that happens, they are start operating in familiar spirits. Before I had got saved, I had a girlfriend who uh, was an L model in New York, and she ended up getting off into some witchcraft things. Well, before I was saved, I was into all kinds of things. And so uh, we're not judging here, just making some facts. And I had called her from prison. She had contacted me and I had a dream. The Lord showed me she was trying to get a hold of me. The whole nine yards, she called my mother, wanted to get a hold of me. I said, well, that's interesting. Last night I had a dream, so I knew it was of the Lord. So I got the phone number. I contacted her. And she was in that Hollywood uh, movie type atmosphere where she was flowing in the Screen Actors Guild card, the modeling, done French uh, Cannes Film Festival. And I was sharing with her the gospel because I was born again. And she says, well, that's interesting. She says, I'm in to spiritual things as well. I said, oh, great, we're on the same page. Not necessarily so. She says, I'm into vertical reality. I said, vertical reality? Is that kind of like virtual reality? She says, no, it's a little different. I said, well, what is vertical reality? I thought I'd heard it all. And she said, well, I have spirit guides that are vertical in the realm of the spirit. And she said, so my spirit guides are my vertical reality and they advise me on what to do. I immediately put my hand over the phone, prayed in tongues for a second. I said, Lord, give me wisdom. And he said, tell her about the third heaven. Amen. And I said to her, and I named her, which I won't do here. I said, have you heard about the third heaven? And she says, the third heaven? I said, yes, there's three. I said, one is the atmospheric realm where we as human beings have authority. I said, then there's the second heaven where fallen angels that left their first estate operate. 
And then there's the third heaven where God and His angels operate. I said, when you operate in vertical reality, have you made it into the third heaven? And she said, well, I, I don't know. I said, I encourage you to go higher. And she says, well, how do I get there? I said, Jesus says, I am the door. Amen. I am the way. Right. I am the truth. Amen. I am the life. Amen. I am the resurrection and the life. Right. I am the way to the Father. Right. And if you want to get into heaven, into the highest realm where your revelation is 100% accurate and doesn't miss, I encourage you to go higher. Amen. I said, do you mind if I send you something in the mail on that? She says, I would be very interested to read it. And so I compiled a letter on A, how to get saved, how to operate in a higher realm with God, and I never heard back from her. But the point is this, she didn't pull me into a vertical reality of second heaven familiar spirits that are fallen angels and demons not from God. I tried to pull her into a higher realm where God, His Holy Spirit, and His angels operate, Amen. where we get 100% accurate revelation. Amen. So today as we talk about hearing God 25 different biblical ways, we're talking about the ways in which Jesus demonstrated it. Amen. Operating not as second heaven prophets, with a mixture of soulish and demonic, but third heaven, where we hear from heaven and we speak accurately to men and others within. Amen? Amen. So today I want to talk with you. Jesus said this. He said this. He said, My sheep hear my voice, and another they will not follow. Whose voice are you listening to? I've got a teaching entitled Seven Kinds of Voices. Deals with the voice of the flesh, the voice of your soul, the voice of the world, the voice of the devil, the voice of the dead, the voice of God. So there's seven different types. You can go online on there. I think there's a free video teaching there as well. But uh, there's a lot of different voices that vie for your attention. And Scripture says in 1 Corinthians 14, it says there are many different kinds of voices in the world and yet none of them is without signification in the King James Version. And it talks about speaking in tongues. It talks about different sounds, different, different types of voices. None of them is with, without signification. But are you listening to the right voice? Because Jesus said, again, and I emphasize, my sheep hear my voice and another they will not hear follow. The number one problem in the world is us not following the voice of God because he always leads us in triumphal procession in Christ Jesus. We might follow the voice of the news. We might follow the voice of our friends. We might follow the voice of our financial advisor. We might follow the voice of our psychiatrist or psychologist or even our pastor or a mother, or father, or wife, or husband. But are they hearing from God? And are you listening for the voice of the Holy Spirit within their voice and saying, 
that witnesses in my spirit. Because Jesus said, he'll always lead you in triumphal procession. He leads you to victory. And if you're not experiencing that, I would encourage you to reassess what voice you're listening to. Today, as we talk about hearing God 25 different biblical ways, we're going to find out exactly what it is to hear the voice of God. And remember this, a tree is known by its fruit. People come to me and they say, well, David, God said, God said this and God said that. I'm thinking, wow, you've got an open line to heaven. You hear him all the time. He speaks to you 24-7. That is amazing. How do I get that kind of access like you have? But then I look at their lives. And I think to myself, God is a schizophrenic God. Because he told them to do this one day, told them to do this the next, and the fruit of it is confusion and every evil work. And I think to myself, how can they be hearing from God? Because He always leads us in triumphal procession. That doesn't mean He won't lead you through some things that look like you missed it. Saul and Barnabas ended up in prison obeying God. Beaten, whipped, they're in the inner prison. But they had heard God. And as they pressed through and began to praise God in Acts chapter 16, what happened? There was an earthquake and their chains fell off and they were delivered from prison. The fruit of it was the man who was over the prison, the warden, ended up saying, what must I do to be saved? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You and your whole household shall be saved. So even though they heard from heaven and it looks like they missed it, the fruit of it was on the other side. God worked all things together for good for those that loved Him. And there was household salvation in the jailer's home. The Apostle Paul went to go present himself before Caesar in Rome. And there was a shipwreck. The fruit of it was 276 passengers were saved. Everyone on the ship was saved. They landed in Acts chapter 28 on the Isle of Malta, which means honey. He got off. He heard from heaven. He went and gathered a bundle of sticks as he threw them on the fire. A serpent came out and latched on him. Well, Paul must not have heard from heaven to go get those sticks. He missed it. No, God used it as a sign or a wonder and he shook off the venomous beast in Acts chapter 28 into the fire and he suffered no harm and a healing revival broke out. See, people that really hear from God will have some ups and downs, but the fruit is they always end up in victory. They always end up in victory. They always end up at the end of the matter in victory. So be encouraged today if you think you've missed it, the fruit of it is do you come out on top after everything is said and done? This is what happened to me years ago. I was 1992. And by the way, let me just start with this. Uh, God who at various times, this is Hebrews 1, 1. God who at various times and in different ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets has in these last days spoken to us by His Son. My sheep hear my voice and another they will not follow. He's spoken to us by His Son who He has appointed heir of all things through whom also He made the world. Hebrews 1, 1 and 2, New King James Version. 
Years ago, after reading a series of Christian books on the subject of faith, a sudden boldness came over me, and I spoke out loud, God, I want to teach your people faith. Instantly, God the Holy Spirit responded by speaking through the still small voice. He said into my spirit, I would much rather you teach them to hear my voice. His response took me much by surprise. Was faith not that important after all? I thought this drove me to Scripture. You know, anytime God speaks to you, it should drive you back to the Scriptures. To see if these things are so. I, I went back to the Scripture to further test the Spirit's on this word from the Lord. The more I studied, the more I discovered from the scriptures how important faith is. Now remember, I said, Lord, I want to teach your people faith. He said, I would much rather you teach them to hear my voice. Say, hmm. The more I studied, the more I discovered how important faith is to God. This perplexed me. Why would God rather me teach his people to hear his voice than to teach them faith? I studied more. Everything seemed to point to faith. In fact, I concluded that almost everything happens by faith and grace in God's kingdom. We've got faith churches, faith booklets. The Bible says we live by faith. How could it be that God would rather me teach people to hear His voice than teach them faith? Well, I'm glad you asked. Bible says, without faith it's impossible to please God, Hebrews 11.6. Your faith has saved you, Luke 7.50. Your faith has healed you, Luke 18.42. Your faith has made you well, Matthew 9.22. The just shall live by faith, Galatians 3.11. According to your faith, let it be unto you, Matthew 9.29. Great is your faith, let it be to you as you desire, Matthew 15.28. We have the same spirit of faith, 2 Corinthians 4.13. We're saved by grace through faith, Ephesians 2.8-9. We receive the promise of the Spirit through faith, Galatians 3.14. The righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, Romans 1.17, and so on. After reading these and other verses like them, I wondered if I'd heard God correctly when He said, I would much rather you to teach my people to hear my voice. I pondered God's statement for quite some time before finally understanding what he truly meant by this. God wasn't nullifying the importance of faith. Just the opposite was the case. I just couldn't see the forest for the trees quite yet. God was graciously showing me a higher principle. Say higher principle. Higher principle. There's truth and then there's higher truth. Is the law of gravity a fixed law? Say yes. Do not step off the top of a building today and say, I don't believe in the law of gravity because the law of gravity will make you a believer. But there was two brothers called the Wright brothers who learned a higher truth. Say higher truth. They learned the law of avionics. And they believed that you could not negate a law, but you could supersede a law. And they began to fly above the law of gravity with the law of aviation or avionics. And because they did something that others had never seen before and thought not possible, we take it as commonplace to hop on a commercial jet and to fly from one city to another or halfway around the world as if it's nothing. 
and we know it's completely safe in most situations with rare exception. There's actually far less people per capita that die in plane accidents than they do in car or motorcycle accidents. So it's actually a safer way to travel. So we don't negate the law of faith. We're going to a higher principle. Follow with me. God was graciously showing me a higher principle, a principle for everyone of God's people in Christ. God was unveiling the source of all real faith. Let me share the secret of it with you. Paul, a man of great faith, said faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God in Romans 10, 17. Said another way, faith comes to us by hearing God's voice. Hence, the reason for hearing God 25 different biblical ways. Our job is not to have faith in our faith. Our job is to have faith in Jesus Christ, who's the author and finisher of our faith, Hebrews says. So a higher principle is not that faith isn't important, it is, but where does real faith come from? It comes when you have heard God speak. If the Holy Spirit said to you, go and lay hands on that person in the wheelchair and command their legs to come back into proper form and to pull them out of the wheelchair, you would have faith to do it. Why? Because you heard God speak. If you were told to buy a certain piece of property and to hold on to it for three and a half months and then flip it because the market was going to change. You heard God speak, you'd have faith. You could go to any financial advisor, any real estate agent, and they would say, that doesn't make sense. The economy's not going to do that. I would advise against that. But if you heard God, you would have faith to do it. Three and a half months later, something would happen. Google Fiber would suddenly sign a contract in Kansas City and that piece of property would triple in value overnight because the fiber needed to run right through there. See, God knows things that you and I don't know. We thank God for financial advisors. We thank God for accountants. We thank God for lawyers. We thank God for doctors. We thank God for pastors. Oh, but isn't there a higher principle? Let's get confirmation from the Lord on what He's spoken through those people He's placed in those gifts in the body of Christ or in the world. But let's make sure we've heard God. Because I've got news for you. Years ago, everybody was saying, you're wise to invest with Bernie Madoff. He's making a killing for his, his investors. Oops. How many people got hurt there? Are you hearing from heaven? Bear Stern was a hundred-year-old company that could not fall. But they're gone. Are you hearing from heaven? E.F. Hutton, when he spoke, people listened. Where's his voice today? He's gone. But thank God that the voice of the Holy Spirit is available to every believer. I want to share this principle with you. What is the difference between a lamb and a sheep? A lamb is a baby sheep. Notice that Jesus did not say in John 10, 27, my lambs hear my voice and another they will not follow. He said, my sheep hear my voice. Do lambs give birth to lambs? No, they don't have the maturity. Sheep give birth to lambs and then nurse them and raise them, those little lambs, into sheep. 
say it's time to grow up. It's time to hear the voice of the Lord personally. Every believer can hear the voice of God. Matthew 4.4 says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Is God still speaking today? In Malachi 3.6, the scripture says, For I am the Lord, I do not change. Hebrews 13.8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. John 10.2, Jesus is our shepherd. John 10.4 and 27, His sheep hear His voice. And since Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith, Hebrews 12.2, the key to genuine faith is Jesus. If anyone tries to share with you how to hear God's voice and Jesus is not the focus of it, I would question that. If they try to teach you any principle in Scripture that doesn't require faith for it to operate, I would question it. Because everything in the kingdom is done by faith. And everything that is true faith comes from the author and finisher of our faith, who is Jesus. So is this good balance today? Good foundation? Who can hear the voice of God? Every believer. You know what? A drunk on a bar stool can hear the voice of God sometimes better than a, non, than a believer can. You know why? They're in sin and when God comes to them and speaks, they know, it, they know it's God. They may not want to repent. I have a pastor friend. He was on a bar stool drunk drinking scotch. He was an alcoholic. He was making millions of dollars as an investment banker traveling the world. Marble floors in his house, Mercedes Benz. He had the best suits and crocodile shoes. In fact, he gave me one of the pairs of crocodile shoes. I got them. I wear them occasionally. Actually, they're African lizard. Very rare. And he says, I want to give these to you for my investment banker days. Anyway, he would be on a bar stool drunk and the Holy Spirit would come to him. He wasn't saved. And he would hear the voice of the Lord and it would call him out of sin and into repentance. Through a series of events, finally God got a hold of him and now he ministers in the nations, the non-compromised gospel of Jesus Christ with signs and wonders following and few people that I know hear the voice as accurately as him. Are you tuned in? Are you hearing the voice of the Master? Let me share this with you. It is his highest desire that you hear his voice. It is his highest desire that you learn to hear him in the wee hours of the morning when all the demons are asleep because they're hungover from the night before. And you arise early in the morning and spend time with the Lord Jesus Christ and he begins to walk with you and talk with you in the garden in the cool of the day. You ever get up in the morning and it's cool out and you walk outside and get the dew on your feet? He walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own. What a joy we share as we tarry there. None of her has ever known. Adam walked in the Garden of Eden in the cool of the day. And the Lord God came down and walked with him and they talked. You know, Adam didn't even pray in the garden. 
He just kicked it with God. Isn't that cool? See the pre-incarnate Jesus Christ walking in the Garden of Eden with him? They just hung out. God's highest desire is to get you back to the Garden to where you can hear his voice and you just hang out. See, if you were to get married, some of you are, many of you are, and your wife or your husband were to give you a book about everything they liked and disliked. The good, the bad, and the ugly. These are the things I like. These will please me. These are the things I don't like. These will displease me. And the minute you said, I do, your spouse never talked to you again. But simply every time you said, uh, honey, could I ask you a question? They pointed to the book. And you'd have to flip through. How intimate would that relationship be? Not very intimate, would it? Yet, if you could go to the book and it would expedite your learning curve with your spouse, your new wife, say, and you could say, oh, she likes this. And then you could go to her and serve her. And there would be intimacy in relationship. And she walks with me. And she talks with me. And she tells me I am her own. What a joy we share as we sit on the swing set together. Do you see why God wants intimacy? This is the book of God. But He is the God of the book. He desires to show you what He likes and dislikes so that you can play it out in real life. He loves it when we pray without ceasing. He loves it when we show kindness to our neighbor. He loves it when we turn our other cheek. We, he loves it when we give unto those that have need. He loves it when we lay hands on the sick. Are you with me? That's how we know what to do. But academic knowledge doesn't cut it. It's about... God, do you want me to show mercy to the poor now in this situation? God, do you want me to lay hands on... Are you with me? It's about intimacy. The word intimacy could be broken down into this. In to me you see. When you have true intimacy with God, you're allowing Him to look into you to see. And he's allowing you to look into him to see. What are the ways in which God speaks? One of the ways in which God speaks is through his word. 90% of the time, God is going to speak to you through his word. And when he speaks, he normally speaks while you're reading the word through a quickening where something in the Bible suddenly lifts off the page and you know it's God. And you can run to your friend and say, look, 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 and you're sharing this verse of Scripture, and they're looking at you like you got five heads. You're like, oh, that's really great, Pastor So-and-so. That's really great, Sheila. That's really great, Bill. And you're like, they don't get it, do they? Because God's not speaking it to them. But when He's speaking it to you, it becomes living and active. It becomes alive. The word quicken becomes made alive. Have you ever heard the statement? Well, he was cut to the quick. In other words, he got cut to the quick. That means he started to bleed because the life is in the blood. Right. 
When you're quickened, you're made alive. When you're reading the scriptures and all of a sudden they come alive to you, it's because God is speaking through that passage. Years ago, I was reading a scripture and I was reading Genesis 26 and I got there and there was a famine in the land. And as I read it, I got down to verse 12. And it said, And Isaac received a hundredfold harvest in all that he planted that same year. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. And I kept reading on. My eyes went back to it. And the third time I read it, I could not get past that little verse. And God received a hundredfold harvest on all that he planted that same year. And I said, God, what's going on? Why can't I get past this verse? It's lifting off the page. It began to burn within me. And all of a sudden, I heard the internal audible voice of God say, test me in this. And I literally, I was on the bottom bunk and I jumped up, hit my head on the top bunk and I'm hearing like a ring in my head and, and then the enemy came to try to steal the word away. Test not the Lord thy God. But see, Scripture says in Malachi 3 when it comes to tithes and offerings, he says, test me in this and see if I won't open the floodgates of heaven, the windows of heaven, and pour down such a blessing you'll not have room enough to receive it. So here's what happened. I'm reading the scriptures out of obedience because we're to study to show ourselves approved unto God, a workman that need not be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word of truth. We're supposed to study the word of God day in and day out. We're supposed to meditate upon it. So I'm obeying the commandment of God and in the midst of obeying Him, God takes me from the law of obedience to the law of revelation. Yes, one of the reasons why we're not hearing God speak is because we're not obeying Him by getting in His Word. If we'll get into His Word, He'll start speaking in other ways. Because if you're not in His Word, if you're not in His Word, what happens is, because you're not in His Word, when He does speak, you don't know whether it's Him or not. And if you don't know whether it's Him or not, the key is, get back in His Word to find out if it lines up with his character, with his nature. Amen. Often people will come to me and say, well, David, I think I'm supposed to marry so-and-so. And I'll say, well, is she saved? Well, you know, she attended church as a child. I'm like, stop. The Bible says, be not unequally yoked together with non-believers. Where did you meet her? Well, I met her in a bar. Well, what were you doing there? Were you evangelizing? Well, I was on my way and I was listening to this this, this song on the radio and it, 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 it had this, this lyric and this passage in it. I'm like, well, that lyric's contrary to Scripture. That's not God speaking. Why is it that people get so off track so quickly? It's because they're out of this, the Word of God, which is the foundation stone for it all, because Jesus is the Word made flesh. It will all line up with Scripture. It will line up with His character. Can God speak outside of the scripture? Sure he can, but it will line up with his character within scripture. And I say, so let me get this straight. She's not saved, and you're going to be unequally yoked together with a non-believer. Is there anything else I need to know? Well, she's actually still married, but she's in the process of a divorce. I'm like, okay, really what we need to do is not talk about the marriage, we need to get you delivered because you have some issues that would open you up. You have something in common with that kind of thinking that's contrary to the Scripture. It's time for you to get right, get back on the square with God. Now you can hear accurately from heaven. 
So you need to do what John the Baptist told so many to do in a religious community. Repent, for the kingdom of God is nigh at hand. Who warned you of the wrath to come, you Pharisees and you Sadducees? Once we get back in line with the Lord, we repent, we turn from our ideas, our religion, our idols. We turn back to the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the author and finisher of our faith. Now we can begin to hear accurately. I'm going to share with you some reasons that people don't hear from the Lord. The Bible indicates there are several reasons for not hearing God speak. These can also hinder or distort our God-given ability to hear His voice accurately. Remember, you can tell whether you've heard His voice based upon the long-term fruit of it. Not the short-term fruit. Trust me, you can get a short-term benefit from hearing from the devil. But the long-term punishment or negative effect or consequence, you'll definitely know you did not hear from God. If you're willing to admit it. But the good news is, if you missed it, simply repent and start again with God. Did Peter hear from God when he was told to walk on the water? Yeah, Jesus says, come on out. And as long as he kept his eyes on Jesus, he walked above the circumstances and the law of gravity didn't affect him, did it? He had a higher law, a higher truth. But the minute he took his eyes off Jesus, he began to sink into the circumstances. So you can start off hearing from God and seeing God in the moment and operate in the supernatural, but if you take your eyes off of Him in the midst, you'll fall into the circumstances and other Christians will say, you couldn't have heard from God because look at the fruit of that. No, the fruit of it was that I didn't hear from God. I didn't keep my eyes on Him through the process. Who was preaching the gospel on the day of Pentecost? The other 11 that were sitting back safely in the boat? No, it was Peter. He was the guy that cut off the centurion's ear. He denied Christ three times. He rebuked the Lord and Jesus finally had to say, Get thee behind me, Satan. But long term, we know Peter had learned how to hear the voice of the Lord and to walk through the circumstances, not just the voice of his own flesh, the voice of religion, the voice of his own soul, the voice of his own desires, or the voice of the enemy. He began to hear the Lord's voice to the point to where in Acts chapter 5, his shadow began to heal the sick and cast out devils when he walked by. And it wasn't Peter's shadow. It was the adumbration of God's glory shining through a yielded vessel. Because if it was his shadow, it only would have worked on a sunny day. It's the glory of God that shines out of a person. So you may have obeyed God today, taking your eyes off of Him in the midst of the process, stumbled and fallen back into the circumstances, and other Christians have thought to themselves, that person's a granola bar Christian. They're flaky, they're fruity, they're nutty. But there is a learning process. You might be the one in the moment that's preaching the gospel on that spiritual day of Pentecost in a third world country when the power of God falls. Or you might be the one that God brings revival through at work or in the slums or in the highways or the byways, wherever you're at. The question is, are you hearing His voice and persevering all the way through? Seven things that keep us from hearing His voice. Unrepentant sin, Isaiah 59, 1 and 2. Your sins is separated between you and your God. Your iniquities have caused His voice not to be heard. The cure for that is repentance and confession of sin. Just get back right with God. I missed it. My sins and iniquities have separated between me and you. You're not a God who's afar off. 
There's a barrier between us, and the barrier is me. My sin. I confess it. I forsake it. Now I'm ready to hear. John 6.40 says, Unbelief will keep you from hearing the voice of God. Also Mark 6, 1-3. The cure is repentance. 1 John 1, 9. If we ask God, if we confess our faults, we ask Him to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, He will do it. Feelings of unworthiness is another one that really hinders us from hearing God. We think somebody else can hear accurately. My friend, who can hear more accurately from your wife than you if you're married to her? Who can hear more accurately from your husband than you if you're married to them? You live in the same house. You sleep in the same bed. You don't have to go outside the marriage to find out what she or he wants. Well, you're married to Christ. You have direct access to hear the voice of the Lord Jesus Christ because you are his sheep. And once you hear that voice, then go to someone else and say, I'd like your advice. Do you think this? was the Lord. Oh yeah, that witness is in my spirit and here's what the scripture says. And you know, I had a dream at 4.33 this morning I need to share with you that it's the exact confirmation of what you just had happen with you. You see how God will confirm His word in the mouths of two or three witnesses? We don't have to be one man evangelizing bands or one woman evangelizing bands. I always question people that think that they're the only ones that hear the voice of God and they won't get confirmation on it. They have these great, amazing feats and then they have these tremendous crashes and you have to go pick up the parts and the pieces. So let us come together as the body of Christ where we can all hear. 1 Corinthians 14.31 says, You may all prophesy. Well, how do you prophesy? And what is prophecy? Prophecy is hearing from God and communicating God's mind and His heart on the matter to someone else. Well, how does that happen? How do you communicate God's mind and heart, it starts with hearing the voice of God. Romans 12 says that we are to prophesy according to the proportion of our faith. Prophecy is hearing from God and speaking to men. And we do it in proportion to our faith. Everyone receives a measure of faith at salvation, but that measure can grow from faith to faith, can't it? And how does it happen? Faith comes by hearing God speak. Feelings of unworthiness. The cure is simply knowing the truth. You're complete in Him. You're forgiven. You're the head and not the tail. You're God's child. And you are His favorite. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm God's favorite. Isn't that great? Every one of us are God's favorite. That sets you free from unworthiness, doesn't it? Anytime the devil says something to you, well, you've done this and that, well, that may be true, but I'm God's favorite. <laughs> you know why favor is not fair? Because if favor was fair, God would never have put Jesus on the cross in your favor. You're His favorite. He died for you. He came for you alone. You're His favorite. Say it to your neighbor one more time. I'm his favorite. Amen. Isn't that, isn't that liberating? Doesn't that set you free from any unworthiness? Knowing that truth? Now turn to your neighbor and say, you're his favorite too. You're his favorite too. <laughs> Amen.
That, that unforgiveness is another thing. So you've got unrepentant sin, unbelief, feelings of unworthiness. Number four, unforgiveness. The cure is forgiving others. Mark 11.25 says, And when you stand praying, forgive, that your Father in heaven might also forgive you your trespasses. If you have unforgiveness in your heart toward other people, it's going to be difficult for you to hear accurately. Because guess what? He died for them too. And guess what? The person that you have unforgiveness for, revelation time, he's their favorite Uh, that may be hard to believe. As mean and as nasty and all the bad things they've done. Have you looked in the mirror lately and looked at your past for a second? You're still his favorite. So if you'll treat them the same way Christ would treat them, you'll find that you'll be able to hear accurately from heaven for them, about them, and about yourself regarding them. That doesn't mean you've got to hang out and be you know, cuddly with that person. You may need to stay away from them. But Saul of Tarsus on the road to Damascus out with papers to go kill Christians was still God's favorite. And Stephen saw him through the eyes of Christ while getting stoned to death. And Stephen said, Lord, kill him for what he's doing to your servant. No, he said, Lord, do not charge him with this sin. Jesus, who was seated at the right hand of the Father, got up. And it says in Scripture in Acts chapter 7, it says, And Jesus stood up at the right hand of the Father. And Stephen said, Receive my spirit. And he stepped into eternity. You know what I think happened? This is just my opinion. I believe that the reason Jesus got up from his seated position in heaven and stood up is when Stephen said, do not hold this sin to their charge while they're murdering him for the gospel. And I believe Jesus got up and said, Dad, check it out. Look how much of me is in him. It's the same thing I said on the cross. Forgive them. They know not what they do. Let's go ahead and answer his prayer. Let me go ahead and roll up my sleeves and go down on earth in bodily form next week Saul's going to Damascus let him meet me let me meet him on the road to Damascus and let me go ahead and give him a little bit of an encounter I want to slap him off his high horse of pride for Stephen blind him with the light and what do you say we empower him with the Holy Ghost and have him write two thirds of the New Testament the father says go son go Stephen's prayer is granted we won't hold this sin to his charge. Saul's my favorite too. You died for him. Do you see how God sees our enemies? Their DNA is specifically designed for their calling. And sometimes, for unforgiveness reasons, we actually thwart somebody's calling in Christ because we're calling fire from heaven on them instead of calling hell out of them and heaven into them. Puts things in a little different perspective. When you see people as God sees them, you'll be able to hear the Father's voice because His voice is attached to His heart, which is His character and compassion toward a world that's lost and in need of a Savior. When you come across somebody and you can smell the sin on them, 
You get around certain people, there's certain sin, sins you can smell when you start to smell in the spirit. You get around them, you smell the sin, and here's why God reveals it. A, to warn you. B, so that you can get them delivered. And when you smell sin on people, you don't leave, well, I need to tell them about his sin. No, you need to tell them about the Savior. Right. Stop talking about the problem. Start delivering them the solution. Amen? Amen? Unforgiveness will keep you from hearing from God. The repentance or cure is simply forgive. Because if you forgive others, your Heavenly Father will also forgive your sins and then you'll have the power to remove that mountain with the word spoken. Number five, anger towards God. <laughs> Romans 8, 6 through 8 talks about anger towards God will keep you from hearing the voice of God. The cure is repentance and asking God, for His love in our hearts. We love Him because He first loved us. He shed His love in our hearts. So when we have anger towards God, how are you going to hear from the very person that you're angry toward? It's difficult to be intimate with somebody when you're angry with them, isn't it? You ever notice how the husband might sleep on the couch one night? It's not because he was watching the football game and couldn't make it in. Well, it might be. It might be. But we're going to say he was watching a marathon of evangelism and he fell asleep. But if he's not angry toward his wife, even at four in the morning when he wakes up, he doesn't say, I think I'll spend the rest of the night on the couch. He says, I can't wait to go get near my honey. But if he's angry or if she's angry at him, he might stay on the couch. Do you see the distance? But when you're right next to somebody and they whisper, you can hear them. But when you're far away, they might whisper and you don't hear them. And you know what they'll say to you? Why didn't you respond to me? I didn't hear you. I was in the other room. And he walks with me and he talks with me. Are you close to him? Prayer will bring you closer. Unforgiveness will put a wall between you and God. Repentance will remove the wall and you'll be able to hear him. If there was somebody on the other side of this wall, and there probably is, we can't hear them. But if we were to roll the wall away, we would be able to hear them easily, wouldn't we? Because that which separates us from being able to hear their voice is suddenly removed. Unrepentant sin is a wall. Unbelief is a wall. Feelings of unworthiness is an unnecessary wall. Unforgiveness is an unnecessary wall. Anger towards God has got to be removed. And just say, you know what? God, I'm not happy about the circumstances or situation I'm in, but I know it's not your fault because you don't make mistakes. I know when you made the avocado, that pit is awful big, but I don't understand it, but I know it's got a reason for it. Why does the ostrich bury its head during times of potential danger? Makes no sense, but God, you didn't make a mistake. God, why did you put this person in my life that's an avocado pit or an ostrich that buries their head? I don't know, but I trust you that you're working everything together in the kingdom. We have to get those things out. And then we can hear the Lord's voice. Number six, fear. The fear of man brings a snare. Proverbs 29, 25. 
Fear will keep you from hearing God accurately. Sometimes I get a text message from a friend of mine and they'll have fear come upon their lives. And they're a person that serves God faithfully. But through circumstances, fear might come. They'll send me a text message and I'll blast back with the Word of God. And I'll see them a day or two days later. They'll be like, that got me back on track. It broke the fear off of me. Why? Because the Word of God is like a hammer that smashes the rock of fear. And God's not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And the seventh thing that will keep us from hearing God's voice is idolatry. Turn with me, if you will, to Ezekiel chapter 14. Ezekiel chapter 14. Idolatry. What is idolatry? Well, I'm glad you asked. Idolatry is anything that you've placed above God. Your football team can be an idol. Your children can be an idol. Your music can be an idol. Your ministry can be an idol. I have a friend of mine who's sitting in federal prison right now. Probably one of the top apologists in the nation. Tremendous would encounter Muslim imams, clerics on college campuses in an atmosphere of atheism and Islam and was able to powerfully unravel the mysteries of God. Sitting in federal prison right now because ministry became an idol to him. And you want to know what? To fund the ministry, he began to compromise in his finances. To keep all his staff on and his three churches and his radio program and the internet live streaming into two satellite churches in a down economy. He didn't want to fire 13 employees when the economy changed. So he said, if it is to be, it is up to me. And the next thing you know, he began committing fraud. And now he sits in federal prison as a senior pastor of a congregation for fraud because ministry began to be what he worshipped instead of the Lord of the ministry. Interesting, isn't it? The fear of man brings a snare. I'm going to have these... You know, the road to hell is paved with good intentions, isn't it? Ezekiel chapter 14. Ezekiel chapter 14. And this is an interesting passage. Always concerned me when I was a young believer. Ezekiel 14, verses 3, we're talking about idolatry. Son of man, these men have set up their idols in their heart and put the stumbling block of their iniquity before their face. Should I be inquired of them at all? Verse 4, Therefore speak unto them and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, Every man of the house of Israel that setteth up his idols in his heart and putteth the stumbling block of his iniquity before his face and then cometh to the prophet, I the Lord will answer him that cometh according to the multitude of his idols. Do you want to know the number one reason why people are deceived when they go before the Lord? They want to be deceived. For this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they might believe a lie and be damned. Why? Because they received not the love of the truth, but they had pleasure in unrighteousness. That's New Testament, by the way. 
For this cause, what cause? The cause that they receive not the love of the truth. Do you want to know why we have such major doctrinal division over clear issues right now in our churches? Clear issues that are non-negotiables in Scripture. And churches are now voting things in that are clearly contrary to the will of God on these matters and saying they're acceptable practices. Do you know why? Because they received not the love of the truth, but they had pleasure in unrighteousness. The reason we can't hear the voice of God is we love the lie. We love unrighteousness. We love to do our deeds of darkness. And then we begin to justify our actions saying, well, God knows my weakness. Well, everyone else is doing it. Well, it's not that bad of a deal. Well, we have to let people be people. But what's the standard of Scripture? This is why there are such deep sins in our pews and deep sins in our pulpits in the westernized church in America and why people can't hear accurately the voice of God because they receive not the love of the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. And for this cause the devil will send no. For this cause God will send them strong delusion that they might believe a lie and be just barely get into heaven what their shirt tells them. That's not what it says. It says, For this cause, God will send them strong delusion that they might believe a lie and be damned because they received not the love of the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Do you see the importance of hearing the voice of God? It will get you to heaven. It's not saying your little prayer on the back row and going and getting dunked in some water, sprinkled, dry cleaned, or whatever. Learning to hear the voice of God will cause you to stay in the will of God. You'll be fruitful for God. You'll be prepared unto every good work. You'll hear a word in season that will enable you to speak a word to someone else that will bring strengthening and encouragement. And the kingdom of God will advance. The primary way in which God speaks is in His Word. There are other ways. I'm just going to touch on some. And we're going to close for today. And you can get the booklet. Quickenings of the Holy Spirit, 90% of the time, that's how God speaks. Through His Word, He lifts something off the page. And this is what I shared. I shared when you get a word from the Lord and it lifts off the page, what happens is it becomes a personal rhema word for you. You can't take that rhema word for you that's manna hot off the press and then take it to somebody else and try to reheat that donut and try to say it tastes the same to them because it doesn't. It's not a Krispy Kreme fresh out of the grease when you bring it out of the microwave. It's lost something and you can tell there's difference in it. Here's what happens. You can give that word to somebody else and they're like, oh, that's great because it's not for them because it's intimate. What you speak to your husband is not for everybody else. Does that make sense? It's about intimacy. Into me, you see. But here's what happens. They're a believer and they're God's favorite, right? A few weeks later, they're reading a passage of Scripture and then God speaks it to them because it's a now word 
It's intimate for them and it's what God wants to do in their life at this moment. And they call you on the phone and they share the same verse with you completely forgetting that you'd even shared it with them. And you say, yeah, that's the verse I shared with you three weeks ago. You did? I don't remember. See, because it was just the Logos word, the written word, but now it becomes the rhema, the speaking, the God-breathed word. It's God speaking to you. And that's the word that does not go forth out of His mouth and return void. That's the word that accomplishes what it's been sent forth to do on the earth. That's the word that He confirms with signs and wonders following. That's the word that goes forth in power. And that comes by hearing the Master speak. Are you hearing His voice? Let us stand. Has this been helpful? Do you want to hear His voice, little lamb? Because sheep grow up and produce sheep. It's not the shepherd that gives birth to the sheep. That's weird. Sheep are nurtured by the shepherd and the sheep give birth to the lambs. These signs will follow those sheep that believe. In my name, they'll cast out demons. They'll speak in new tongues. They'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover. If they have somebody slip them a mickey, they'll drink any deadly poison and it won't harm them. If a serpent jumps out of the sticks in the fire and latches onto them, they'll shake the venomous beast back off and they'll suffer no harm and a great revival will come through them. It comes from getting a revelation of what the Wright brothers got. There's a higher truth. There's a more excellent way. It's not about faith in your faith. It's about faith in a person. His name is Jesus Christ, and He is the author and the finisher of your faith. When you get out on the water, keep your eyes on Him, and you cannot fail long term. He will deliver you out of the snare of the fowler. Though the righteous man falls, yet seven times he gets up again. He's the one that perseveres. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He's placed me in the secret place of the Most High. Though a thousand fall by my side and ten thousand by my right hand, it will not come near me. I will only see with my eyes and behold the destruction of the wicked. See, these are the promises of God, and they're all yes and amen in Christ Jesus. Let us pray. Lord, if there's any of these seven things, we just say we want to be free from them. We want to be free from them today. We want to be free from everything that would hinder us from hearing Your voice. Because You are the God that delivers us. You are the God that elevates our thinking. You are the God that says in Revelation 4.1, and a door was opened in heaven and a man said, come up hither, come up higher. And that's what I hear the Lord saying today. Come up higher and get revelation from me. Not in the first heaven of worldly wisdom, not in the second heaven, of fallen angels and vertical realities of familiar spirits and demons. No, you're invited up to come boldly before the throne of grace to obtain mercy 
and grace in the time of need because you are my child. You are my favorite. You are my sheep. And you hear my voice. And another voice you will not follow. So today, Lord, we remove all unrepentant sin. We just say the watchlight of the Holy Spirit goes into our lives and begins to reveal those things, those besetting sins. We can't seem to get free of them, Lord, but we want you to set us free. Those little things that might even be sociably acceptable, but they're not acceptable to you and we want to be free. We repent and we confess. We also say, Lord, there's been areas of unbelief. We say today we believe. Help thou our unbelief. And Lord, at times we felt unworthy, but we know today that we're your favorite. And favor is not fair. It's not based upon our performance. It's based upon your performance on the cross. And we declare unforgiveness broken over our lives. And we forgive that person who sinned against us in a business deal, sinned against us with slander and attack, sinned against us because the angel's wings we were born again with, we had them till the backbiters bit them off. We just say we forgive them, cause us to grow new ones in the spirit. And we let them go. And Lord, we say it has been foolish for us to be angry toward you about circumstances that you did not create except for our own good or the enemy created in us to blame you for them. So we just remove all anger and wrath and bitterness that we've had toward the person who breathed life into us and could at any time take it back. But you've been so merciful to provide for us in a great nation where no one really lacks anything. And so, Father, we thank you for forgiving us for our anger toward you. And we also declare no more fear, for you've not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and of a sound mind. So we receive power, love, and a sound mind in place of fear. And we repent for idolatry. Our team's not winning anyway, Lord. So it's easy to repent for that this year. <laughs> we repent in every other area of idolatry, including our academic accomplishments that don't mean a hill of beans on the day of judgment. You're going to say, how was your fishing on earth? How many did you land in the ark of salvation for me with the gospel? So we repent for all idolatry and we say, Lord Jesus, we focus on you and we declare you are the author and finisher of our faith. Teach us to hear your voice today, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. You can sit down, and we're going to close, and I'm going to give you seven keys, quick keys, that will help you to hear His voice. We know the hindrances. Now here's the keys that unlock heaven. Number one, dwell in His presence. Spend time with God. As we cultivate the presence of the Lord in our lives, we become more of aware when He speaks. This comes through intimacy. You can hear your wife's voice when you're close to her. And I want to share this. When your wife, before she was your wife, first called you on the phone, did you know it was her voice? I remember one time I had a girl, I don't remember her name, but she called me. I think her name was Heather. And I said, Heather, wow, great. You know, you finally called back after all this time. 
I was on the phone when I finally went to go meet her. It was the wrong Heather. Anyway, we ended up dating anyway. But the point is, <laughs> so she was actually the Heather upgrade. <laughs> she was, yeah. But the point is this. The next time she called, I knew immediately who it was because I recognized her voice. And then over a period of time, when she would call, just a nuance. She didn't even have to say hello. I knew it was her because I knew the way she breathed or the way she laughed. When you spend time in God's presence, you will know His voice with a nuance. You'll know when He's pleased and when He's displeased. You'll know when He's enjoying the moment, when He's grieved, when He's quenched. You know it. Sometimes you'll see me in a service, something will happen, and I'll double over in my seat where somebody who's either done something, they've gotten soulish, or they've missed the Lord, or they're a young ministry gift. And I'll be like, oh, because I know what the Lord is thinking about. He wanted to do something greater. But it kept us from going higher in that moment. When you spend time with somebody, you'll know what they think before they speak it. It will simply be a look, and you'll know volumes. Have you ever seen a couple that have been together for years? They look alike, they talk alike, they act alike. The wife just looks over and he's like, okay, I've got to go. She didn't say, honey, I've got to go. All she has to do is look, and that's where you'll get with God. You'll feel his presence on your shoulder and you'll know. You'll feel heat on your hand, you'll know it's time to heal the sick and stuff. Well, I don't know why my hand's so hot. You ever get around people who don't know what the manifestations of God are? And you're like, lay hands on the sick. The power of God's on your hands. Was that what that is? But after a while, my hands have gotten hot. I have to stop the message and have a healing call. Altar call for healing or for deliverance. See, you get to know his voice. He speaks through the five spiritual senses. Spiritual touch, spiritual sight, spiritual smell, spiritual hearing, spiritual taste. You'll taste a sickness in your mouth. You'll say, I think I'm getting sick. And then you'll claim it and end up sickness when it's a word of knowledge for somebody to, to actually get healed. Isn't this exciting about the varieties of ways in which God speaks? Get the book. We're going to hand them out today for free. We just want to give them out. Empower you. You know, one of the well-known prophets in the Kansas City area, one of the Kansas City prophets, I walked into a service about three years ago where he was at. And when I walked in, he stopped the service and he said, David Herobedian, he says, I've just gotten done reading your book, Hearing God, 25 different biblical ways. He says, I read it three times. He said, it's the best book I've read on the subject. He'd been in ministry 35 years at that point. It was a great compliment. So I encourage you to read it. And so, practicing His presence is the key. And what will happen is, when you get into His presence, you'll know Him. Focus on God's purposes, not your own. When you get into agreement with God, you've got a senior partner that will fund His ideas if you'll partner with Him. And if you'll get in agreement and alignment with Him, you'll never lack any good thing for the plans and purposes of God. Because you're a steward and a representative, not asking him to fund your ideas, but going to him, submitting your plans to him if they come into agreement, or go sitting at Jesus' feet until he speaks. Sometimes we've been Mary at his feet, and he speaks to get up to make some Galilean fish sandwiches, and we're quick to do it. But sometimes we've been Mary making Galilean fish sandwiches for Jesus that he never ordered. 
and we're asking Him why we're having a problem. Number three, ask God continually. He loves it when you persevere. The importunate widow woman in Luke 18 went before the wicked judge continually. And he said, Even though I fear not God nor regard men, because of her continual coming, I will avenge her of her adversary, lest she weary me. How much more will your heavenly Father avenge you and answer your prayers when you cry out to Him day and night? So continually go to Him until you hear Him say, I'll do it. Number four, grow in love towards others because they're God's favorite. When you love others the way Christ loves you, He'll open your heart and you'll have words for them and you'll be able to do things for them that will bring unity in the body of Christ. Number five, do a body check. Is your hand hot? Are you tasting something? When you walk into a room, you'll learn how to hear His voice that way as well. But that's in the book. Number six, seek God through prayer and fasting. This kind cometh forth by nothing but prayer and fasting, Mark 9.29, King James Version. And if you can't get something in a breakthrough to happen, do some pushaways. So when you seek God through prayer and fasting, mountains will be removed. And you know what it says, this kind cometh out by nothing but prayer and fasting? You know what he's talking about? He's not talking about a demon. He's talking about unbelief. Because faith is what casts them out. And faith comes by hearing His voice. And unbelief will cause a separation between you and God to hear His voice. So when you pray and fast, what happens is you begin to hear His voice in a new way. And then the seventh thing, become a lover of God's written word. And when you love God's written word... He'll begin to speak to you. 25 different biblical ways in which God speaks. We're going to hand out books at the end. Lord Jesus, we thank You right now. We thank You for sending Jesus to speak to us 2,000 years ago. Jesus, thank You for sending the Holy Spirit to guide us personally into all truth so that we might be changed into the image and likeness of the Son of God who never did anything of His own, only that which He saw the Father in Heaven doing. The things that the Father does, the Son does likewise. Even as God was in Christ, reconciling the world back to Himself, so Christ is in you and is committed unto you the ministry of reconciliation. So we thank You, Lord, for these sheep They can easily today say, Bah! We hear the shepherd's voice. And another we will not follow. In Jesus' name. Closing story. In Israel, when sheep herders come into a watering hole, three different sheep herders will bring three different flocks of sheep to the same watering hole. And they all mix in. But none of the shepherds are concerned. Do you know why? They know that when they leave the watering hole and it's time to go graze on the grass, they simply, come on, come on. Because every one of those sheep in that flock know the shepherd's voice. And all those sheep will separate and follow the three different shepherds because they know the shepherd's voice above every other 
shepherd in the world. It doesn't matter when you're in the world, when your shepherd speaks and it says, it's time to leave this watering hole. You get up and follow the shepherd because you're his sheep and you hear his voice and another you will not follow. Isn't that exciting? God bless you. Have an awesome, awesome day. We come to worship, but we leave to serve. Follow the great shepherd today. He's the author and finisher of your faith. This has been another powerful teaching by David Harabedian. For additional resource material, visit the shop link at davidharabedian.com.